Is crotch discomfort hurting your game? Fear no more. The kings of crotch comfort Manscaped have spent two years designing the most comfortable boxer briefs out there. Sleek, soft, comfortable, and flexible. The brand new boxers 2.0 from Manscaped take your balls to the royal ball throne. The global leaders in below-the-waist grooming have the lawnmower 4.0 for the trimming, so you can wear the boxers 2.0 for the chilling. They have trademarked the jewel pouch so you can so you know it's serious, and I think it's time you invest in your family jewels. So let your ballage breathe and get 20% off and free shipping using code DOINK at manscaped.com. Let's say you're on a date and your partner catches that manscaped on the waistband of your underwear. It's almost guaranteed to raise some eyebrows and act like a billboard on the highway to Pleasure Town. This is thanks to their lawnmower 4.0, the best electric trimmer for the below-the-waist grooming. Their fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also 4,000K LED spotlight, so you have a more precise shape. Again, get 20% off and free shipping. You can go doink at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping using code doink at manscaped. And our last our last uh, sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. We want to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring today's episode. Not everyone is someone they can lean on and talk to, and that's where BetterHelp comes in. With BetterHelp, you have access to over 20,000 professional licensed therapists. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own professional licensed therapist. If you've ever searched for a counselor in your area, you know it can take weeks or even months just to get a phone call back. With BetterHelp, you can start communicating as little as 48 hours. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches to make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. Get 10% off um, at BetterHelp for your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Podcast. Again, you get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Podcast. And we want to thank BetterHelp for, for sponsoring today's episode. You deserve to prioritize your mental health this year. And welcome back. To another episode of the Double Doing Podcast. My name is Brendan Deek. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. It would be greatly appreciated. If you can also rate the podcast and review the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast, it would also be greatly appreciated. We're getting those YouTube subscriber numbers up. So if you can please hit the subscribe button on YouTube, it would be greatly appreciated. You will get love from Brendan and Thomas Peterson, who is joining Absolutely. me. Thomas, fresh from downtown Copenhagen, doing some paddle boating. Oh, yes. Very fresh, and the tanning is just falling off. There's no yeah. more sun in Denmark, but that doesn't I, matter because all we need is wind. <laughs> I can see your tan is your tan is kind of drifting away. You're a lot more. It, tan it, than it's last faded. Time. I already gave up. Yeah, already gave up. And now the training camp started. I'm doing nothing but monitoring <laughs> Eagles camp. So it the ship had sailed. <laughs> Sitting inside, just uh, digesting oh, yeah. training camp content. Cave like rat. We are. Yeah. All right, so Thomas and I have a hard out, so this episode is only going to be about 25 to 30 minutes. We have a ton of training camp episodes coming your way yeah. throughout the training camp, so plenty of content coming your way. Unfortunately, today's just to be a little short just from uh, I got to get going. I'm going to visit my brother golfing, and you are heading to a soccer match, which uh, life is hitting us in the face. Right? Um, but today they're off training camp too, so it's a perfect kind of day. Yeah, it's a perfect day for it. Perfect day for this kind of episode. We should get um, one of these like short short updates of training camp. Like, yeah. Going. Well, there's going to be a like, – we'll probably do another one this week, a couple. Like, oh, yeah. Our training camp's kind of just – we're just in the early dog days of it. But um, let's uh, let's start with Jalen Hurts, Thomas. So mm-hmm. kind of up and down, it seems like, so far for the first three practices. They also had a walkthrough. So three legit practices and a walkthrough have been done so far at Eagles training camp, just FYI for all the listeners. If you're kind of just wondering how much practice they actually had, it hasn't been too much. So, Thomas, what do you make of Jalen Hurts through three days of training camp from what you've heard? Uh, today's also a walkthrough. 
I found out. I thought it had an off day, like players off. It sounds like they're having like a small walkthrough. So it's a walk. I actually thought they were just completely off today. Yeah, I thought so too. But saw somewhere they're having like a a, a small walkthrough and then they're then they're off. Um, Regardless of that, uh, it sounds like all the um, all the on-site beat reporters are all agreeing that it's been kind of up and down, like you said. A pretty good day the first day when they worked in red zone, Um, but. I also think uh, Jimmy Kemsky uh, laid it out really well, saying that a lot of his throws have been forced to the left side, where that we've, we've seen these uh, these throw charts of the 2021 season, that he's, he's not really that fond of throwing to the left and over the middle. It's It appears um, that it is absolutely something that he's working on in camp right now. And so I think it's a little bit unfortunate when we're getting a lot of these uncontextualized uh, um, reports out of camp. And it's like, oh, he's just not looking good. It's like, what are we doing here? I mean, he's working on some of the things that we, we've been screaming about that mm-hmm. we want him to work on and that we want to see more often and doing better uh, this season. So I think it's, it's really, it's really good to know that he is actually, you know, spending camp um, improving on like his overall throw accuracy instead of just, you know, some of the things that he already did fine last year. Um, but it's been up and down. It's been three practices. Uh, I think it's also a lot of it goes into the fact that they're like the the secondary has been playing really well, and some of the uh, some of the, the the plays they've made, some of the picks they've made. Monte Maddox has had a, a, a good couple of practices and made um, good leaping uh, interception on uh, Dallas Goddard. Mm-hmm. Um, really, just sounds like it was a, just a, a good play by Avante. And like, if you're getting that matchup, like Goddard on Maddox, you want to take that uh, simply because of the size advantage for Goddard. But you know. Good to hear that the secondary is making plays. I'm not panicking one bit at all of, of Jalen Hurts trying to expand his throwing repertoire. I'm glad you brought up the rolling out to the left side because I do think this context is important. If you guys remember Jalen Hurts in 2021, he rolled to his right a lot. He was always kind of taking yeah. his right. Whenever he fled the pocket, that's where he was go. That's where he would go. That's where he was comfortable. So I'm actually I think it's a positive sign that he's starting to roll to his left a little bit. I'm Absolutely. assuming there's gonna be a big um emphasis this offseason when he was sitting down with Nick Sirianni quarterback coach brian johnson brian johnson's still the quarterback coach right yeah yep, yep. quarterback coach yeah so i'm assuming that was probably a big emphasis this offseason was you can't always roll to the right you got to be able to move to the left you, you got to be versatile you, you're, you're an athlete right you can make plays all over the field so just rolling to right cuts off half the field cuts off half of what you're able to do as a quarterback just because of the crazy athlete that jalen hurts is and i also the big thing with jalen hurts guys that you have to remember when you're hearing training camp notes is He's not going to, he's not going to sh- look amazing in training camp just from the player style of player he is. Like, I'm not comparing him to Michael Vick, but I'm assuming Michael Vick wasn't lighting it up in camp because his highlights and what he was able to do was a lot in the run game. And Jalen Hurts is again, I'm not comparing him to Michael Vick. He's not Michael Vick, but similar play styles where a lot of the splash plays that Jalen Hurts makes and a lot of the good plays that you saw from him in 2021 are kind of off script and off topic and and he's able to again roll the pocket make a throw run up the middle for a for a nice 20 yard run like that's what he is great at so i think that if you're going to if you're going to rip jalen hurts and you you think he's not making good throws and there's been some beat writers out there and some people saying like already kind of panicking you need to step back and take a deep breath and let him kind of go through the motions in camp yeah it's, it's so early with him and Again, he's working on like per, yeah. perfect point. He's working on the things that he needs to work on because it's not his strong suit. Yeah. Um, and if we're getting to, um, if, if we're getting to late August and, and early September, and it's a massive issue, and 
nothing has been seemed to improve. I mean, maybe we can talk a little bit more about it there, that it's actually an issue. But, I mean, he's working on some of the things that he needs to work on that is a weakness to his game. So could be happier about it, to be honest. And the we and one of the weak, he wasn't he wasn't bad at turning the ball over last year. Like that's another exactly. thing too. Like when you see the interceptions piling up, I don't think it's a big deal. Like again, neither no. was Carson Wentz before twenty twenty, so it, you can kind of take a little bit both with a grain of salt. But like Jalen did nine picks last year. He, the inter- throwing interceptions wasn't wasn't bad, and I think what were fourth, three or four of them in that one Giants game, right? I believe so. Like. He had one bad game where he, had, where he had some interceptions, but he's been he was very good last year at keeping the ball in his hands and not right. turning the ball over. So I think it's fine in training camp if he's rolling out to his left and trying to force a ball into places where maybe he wasn't doing that last year and he was just trying to figure out, hey, is, can my arm fit this ball in? If this is happening in a real game, can I do this? Like this is where you're supposed to take these chances. This is where you're supposed exactly. to try to fit the ball into certain places. Also, it's, just, it's, it's also good for Sirianni to see it because – I mean, it's it's his second year too. So a lot of these plays they're running, they, I mean, they might be the first time they're actually running those plays. And for him to see, can this actually work? Is Hertz able to make these plays? And they'll they'll roll the plays a couple times. You throw, you throw a pick here and there, and, and you know we'll see what what is the progress of the play. Will he make better decisions? Can he make the throw after he's been you know trying it a couple times? So it's it's really can't overreact to, to interceptions in practice because they're simply just a product of of trying out new play uh, new plays and actually you know like it will be super frustrating if you had a, a guy like a, a Sam Bradford type quarterback in training camp would just check the ball down all, all the time and throw like these short routes instead of actually trying to to execute pass concepts and another thing is too with the, just the Eagles offense in general I think it's important to keep in mind is the offense isn't going to – I don't think there's going to be very many days where the Eagles offense is going to outshine the Eagles defense because the Eagles offense is very good with pads on. Their 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 main strength is running the football. Exactly. That's what they're the best at. So when the pads come on and when you got Kelsey and Lane Johnson and moving and, and crushing guys in open field, that's where the offense shines. So I don't think you're going to see a lot of Eagles offensive dominance in camp. The pads are eventually going to come on. I, I think next week they do come on. Um, but just even then, like how much are they going to be hitting with pads on, right? Like probably not too much. No, another, another important, another kind of, um, interesting storyline is in Eagles training camp is they're taking it very lightly. Mm -hmm. They're only doing hour. I think this, I think yesterday's practice was about an hour and 15 hour and 20 minutes. I think it was the kind of the longest. Yeah, it was. The first practice was only 55 minutes. The second one was about just over an hour. I'm okay with this. I Mm -hmm. like the strategy. The Eagles, I was trying to think back and I was trying to remember, like, is this the healthiest Eagles have been going into this year? It probably has. Like, think about all the times. Think about all the injuries that the Eagles have been dealing with going into camp. Like, the Carson Wentz situation. I believe, like, Nick Foles even back in the day went into camp when he was uh, when he was a starter. Like, there's been so many different times where this team has just been banged up heading into camp. And this year, they're, they're fully healthy. There were a couple injuries we'll talk about um, later in the episode that happened yesterday. But I'm completely fine with just – just staying the, like being being cautious, make sure the team's fully healthy heading into the, the season. Because look at what happened at Bucks camp. Brian Jensen, right, just went out with uh, right. with a knee injury. He's a huge piece to that team. We saw Brandon Brooks tearing Achilles. Was that well, that was in training camp though? I think that was actually just a workouts, right? When he tore his Achilles. Yeah, that was before yeah. training camp. Even. Yeah. yeah. So like, you don't want this kind of stuff to happen. You, you, I'm, I think, 
I, I think it's overblown to kind of ramp up the pads and ramp up the hitting just because you want to see these guys play. They they know these guys. The, for the, the preseason games are going to be able to tell the difference between kind of the, the back-end depth guys and you wait for that. You don't need to be killing each other in practice. I actually really like the kind of the – the, the schedule that Nick Sirianni has set up. Yeah, and also, like, they put so much value into these joint practices. So when they're going to the joint practice against the Browns and, and, and the even, Dolphins, right? I think oh, the Dolphins? those are... Browns and Dolphins? Uh, Browns and Dolphins, yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, Browns' second uh, preseason game, Dolphins the last one. Gotcha. Um, so I think those are, like, they really value those practices and really seeing what they have. So right now, the, the focus has been more on getting the playbook together and getting some of it on film and then working on that uh, in meetings instead of on the field. Um, and then when you get to the, uh, to the um, joint practices, that's when they're hoping that, that the, the playbook is starting to settle and they can, can, you know, get out there and get some more uh, field work, uh, field work done before the preseason games as well. Cause I don't think we're going to see too, we're not going to see many starters in the preseason games as well. It's going to be r- really vanilla and very boring in terms of, starters actually playing um if if last year was any indication Sirianni values joint practices over preseason games by a mile yeah I'm, and i'm completely fine with that i like it and it's the kind of the new Absolutely. wave it's the new wave of kind of the way the nfl is going like brandon staley with the chargers like he 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 notably didn't play any starters at all in training camp last year i i think i think it's smart like just get into the season healthy like these guys these guys are professionals they, they, they don't need to be out there killing each other during training camp, okay. Any, right, any and, the, other and the strength and conditioning uh, guy they got from uh, from uh, L.A. Rams last uh, last season, he kind of like with Sirianni, kind of changed the whole practice culture. Yeah. And I think last year was the most healthy Eagles have been in the last six years. So I'm not going to complain about it I'm at all. All for it. All for it. Um, okay. Anything else on Jalen Hurts? I will say, just we'll play devil's advocate because we are we just kind of did we were this we were pro Hurts there. There has been a couple um, reports that he's underthrown some receivers down the sideline, which that does a tad worry me. Uh, I, we That's the one thing that I always said with Hurts. I never thought it was an arm strength issue. I always thought it was a timing issue. So that's something I would like to see him get better at. There were a couple reports that he underthrew Devonta Smith on like a couple um, go routes on the sideline. And I, I was watching some Smith highlights um, like a yesterday, and I even saw it when I was re-watching Eagles games during the offseason. There were a couple times when Smith was open down the sideline where Hertz did underthrow him. So that's something to keep an eye on. Hopefully, um, hopefully we can get his timing set. But uh anything else yeah. you want to throw out there on Jalen Hurts? No, I got nothing else on Hurts, I think. Okay. So we have a couple storylines we're gonna throw out there that we've been kind of keeping an eye on um and then we'll uh and then we'll get out of here. But uh the big one that's been kind of going around the Eagles wave uh of Twitter and fantasy football even got a hold of this one because hey running backs are important in fantasy football. Miles Sanders um, kind of got chippy with the reporters yesterday. I don't know if you saw this, Thomas, but he um, he said that he deserves more respect from uh, from the from Philadelphia faithful, I guess reporters and fans. That he did, he thinks he deserves more respect. And then Zach Berman of the Athletic asked him, "What does that respect look like?" And he replied, saying, "Stop saying that I'm taking second team reps and I'm the backup." Something along those lines, I believe he said. Um, but he was taking second team. Reps. Exactly. So I think this is pretty, I think this is the most juicy training camp storyline so far. Um, yeah. He, uh, 
and it's a good thing. It's a good thing to get, have a, a chippy uh, and like a, a chippy Miles Sanders who he's always kind of been like uh, that, right? He's always kind of spoke his mind. He's never been afraid to kind of. No, nah, he like hasn't. But he's also been know. dealt the starting hand from the beginning. I mean, mm-hmm. he's never really had to f- to answer for anything. He's kind of been given the 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 starting role as a, as because he was a second round pick and as a running back, you're expected to get in there and and immediately contribute. Um, and I, I I get his point of view. I like and I I appreciate that he's feeling an urge to go out there and show us that we're wrong. By yeah. all means, that is the best. If he can use it as motivation, um, we uh, mission accomplished. But I also don't think he's shown anything at all where I'm supposed to uh, to naturally think that he should be the 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 RB one and exactly. he should have uh, respect out of you know just because of what he has done. I mean, it doesn't work like that. Getting you know, Gainwell has such a higher number of first down rushes and touchdown rushes and just what overall was a better player was more secure you know a catcher of the football last season to the point where we're naturally going into the training camp thinking this guy has serious potential whereas miles sanders was once again injured and once again had is- issues in the short running game so we're having questions about him mm-hmm. so i think it's a very good thing that he is aware of the questions being um surrounding him and he's also kind of desperate because it is his contract year so he wants things yeah. flowing in his direction i think it couldn't it could not be any better the way it is right now i completely agree with you like he's never had more than 900 yards rushing in a season like look yeah. i i like miles sanders i think he's very talented i think like 2019 i always think whenever i think of miles sanders i always go back to the like the last like four five six games of 2019 where he that was the best i've seen miles sanders play was as a rookie when he was the guy, he was the number one running back when Wentz was basically throwing to my grandpa and, and my uncles. Like he was <laughs> Miles Sanders was the guy. Like he was he was the best offensive player on that roster. Yep. Famously, he had to slide, you remember, to kind of ice the Dallas Cowboys game. He was great in that game as well. Yeah. Like since then, like I haven't really been that impressed with Miles Sanders. He's always he's had some big runs. He had that big run in the in 2020 against the Saints. Um, like, but that's what he does. I mean, he has those those massive runs of here and there, and then as soon as he, as soon as he's getting a, a consistent workload, it's just it's just bad on a consistency basis. Yeah, and then he pops a, a, a big run, and that'll make his average per game look very good. But overall, like if the games he's been relied on as a bell cow running back, it's just not been consistent enough to move the chains and extend drives. And I don't think he's been disrespected. Like I don't really understand. I nah. I, I disagree. Well, he can obviously have that opinion, uh, probably fine. Like he he's right to say what he wants, but I disagree. I think right. fans have been very fine with him. I feel like I he's been very fair. I feel like he's been over. Like I I don't really know this for a fact, but I feel like Eagles media uses him as a guy. Like he's always he's. I'm pretty sure there's posters of him outside Eagles Stadium. Like he's used in media circuits for for, mm-hmm. for, for, for to hype up the team. Like I don't really see the disrespect he's talking about and. Look again. He has never had more than 900 yards rushing in a season since. So his first year in 2019, he had 509 receiving yards on 50 catches. Sit in 2020, 28 catches, 197 yards for seven yards a pop. 26 catches for 158 yards receiving for 6.1 yards a pop. His receiving game completely fell off. Like to act like he's supposed to be this three down back this year is insanity. And look, I, I put in my three training camp predictions. I should have put like hot takes or what I would like to see at that tweet, which I'm sure I'm going to get burned on because it looks like I might go over three on them. I'm going to talk about the other one later, but I put Kenny Gainwell 
will take over RB1. I don't think it will happen right away. I think that was probably the more bolder one I had. But I do believe that as the season goes on, Kenneth Gainwell is going to shine more than Miles Sanders. I am so high on Kenneth Gainwell going into this year. I am all aboard the Kenneth Gainwell train. Like I'm driving the bus. I'm driving the train. He look when I rewatched the Eagles games this, uh, this summer, and I I couldn't believe how explosive he looked. He looked like one of the best offensive players with the ball on his hand. Forty seven percent of Kenneth Gainwell's touches last year ended in a first down or a touchdown. That's spectacular production. He does stuff when the ball gets in his hand. And another thing too to keep in mind with Kenneth Gainwell is he came from Memphis, so he he was um, he was in that weird Memphis offense where they didn't run the ball very much. He's still so raw as a runner. Like the, as the years go by, I can see Kenneth Gainwell like even next year popping off and being one of the best running backs in the league. Right. Kenneth Gainwell is going to be what everyone thinks Antonio Gibson is going to be. Yeah, Gainwell. Memphis school. Kenneth Gainwell is going to be a better player than Antonio Gibson. He's going to be the better of those two Memphis running backs. He's going to be a like I'm not saying a star. I'm going to type it down a little bit, but he's going to be a very good NFL player. And I I don't see the reason to hang on to Miles Sanders or extend Miles Sanders after this year when you have kind of this blossoming star in the making. I'm uh, I'm I'm all aboard the Kenneth Gainwell train. Yeah, and the and the profile on Gainwell when he was being drafted is that he could have lined up like he could have declared for the draft as a receiver, and he'll still be a third, uh, like third, fourth, or fifth round uh, pick. Um, so, like you said, yeah, he's raw as a runner, but he is what what he is learning and developing as a runner. He is all of that in the passing game, and Eagles utilize that so much that it's 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 really more valuable to the offense than and than Miles Sanders. Kenneth Gainwell had 235 rushing attempts in college. That's it. His entire college career. Like, he's still learning. Yeah, it's kind of it's as like, well as Antonio Gibson was also weirdly underutilized and just came yeah. out of nothing. Yeah, so, like, the, like I'm, I would be patient on his running ability. It's going to come. But he's going to be a threat this year. He's going to be – I'm saying he's going to be one of the surprise running backs um, in the NFL this year. I'm really looking forward to him. I'm all aboard his – I'm all aboard him. So, I, um, I, uh, I, I don't really – I, I hate ripping Miles Sanders. Like I think he's a fine player and he's been solid for the Eagles, but I don't know. It's a good thing that he's motivated. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Let's work on that. Okay. A couple more before we get out of here. Jalen Rager was not returning kicks and punts in practice the last couple of practices. That is what not a surprise them? after yeah. seeing the Bucks game. And it's a good thing make- to see that it's a good thing to see that Sirianni, you know, took took a measure after like the Bucks game where he fumbled two uh two punt returns and basically was a big part of them losing the game. And now he's not taking any kicks or punt return snaps at all. So he's out the mix. Uh, also said that he's fighting for a spot on the, on a very deep wide receiver room. Uh, so nothing is guaranteed for him and him not returning any punts or kicks at all really puts him in a, in a bad spot. And yeah. because, I mean, yesterday was a big day for Kobe and like he, doesn't have to be a lot of, of good days being stacked on top of each other if you're also a good returner to make this team and that might very well cost Jalen Rager a rock spot it's if he if he's not returning kicks and not returning punts that means that his only option is to basically make this team as a as a six receiver and six receivers don't play they're cut yeah, it, has they're, they're, uh, it has to be a wide receiver four it has to be a wide receiver four exactly and he's not beating out Zach Pascal. There's no chance. Zach, yeah. Zach Pascal is a hand-picked Nick Sirianni guy. Like Nick, Nick Zach Pascal hasn't practiced yet. He had, apparently had bad food poisoning, so that's also important to mention. But like, unless 
I, I don't know. Not even unless I don't see any scenario where Rager makes it the top four wide receivers um, on this team. Then and you're then the fifth then receiver. Big news. Yeah. The that, fifth receiver is usually a, yeah. Fifth receiver is usually a kick return or punt return. Jason Huntley yeah. was leading the charge there. So that is an important name. So if, if he is the ideal kicker, punt return, then Rager can sneak on as a fifth receiver, but then you still need to play special teams. You need your fifth receiver to be able to be a punt gunner or, Something like that, right? Like, that's what fifth receivers usually do. They are heavily involved in the special team game. If they're not the returner, they're they're attacking punt returners, they're going down on kickoffs. So I I I don't know. I don't I don't see I don't know what the outlet is. The only outlet that I can see Jalen Rager making this team and being on the roster is if they take six wide receivers and he is just inactive. Like yeah, because yeah. they right, the 53 man roster, you start 47 a game. So 48, 47, 48 now. 48, 47. Anyways, there's five or six inactives per game. And that's the that's the only route I can see. I think it's 45 about. active, no? Is it 45 active? Oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, anyway. But, so but, there's, there, there's a few players inactive every right. game that's on the yeah. roster. So I, that's the only outlet I can see. And besides that... Or injuries. Like, I hate, hate to say it, but also injury Because right now, Quest is killing it at practice. Yeah. Uh, he's not going to give up. A, he's, he's wide receiver three spot one, yeah. one bit. Pascal, we need to see when he gets back from food poisoning. Uh, Hightower got injured, uh, so that kind of limits the competition for a Rager, but it does not look good at this point in terms of him making the, the team. So let's talk about the other pass catchers because um, I think it's important to note that Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown are apparently looking really good. I really like Ooh, yes. they, the Devonta Smith. Uh, I'm, I'm a sucker. I talked about this in my last podcast with Brian Curtis from The Ringer. Um, who is huge. He's an expert on media. And we were talking about training camp content. Like when they throw out the training camp video, it suckers you in and everyone gets excited. But it's one rep you have to remember in the grand scheme of reps. So it kind of doesn't mean anything. But all the reps I'm seeing from Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown, like they they look different, if that makes sense. Like they just – they've got it. Like they they look like a, like a, a hands-down solidified one-two receiving core. And, and Quez well, – I haven't seen much of Quez Watkins on, on, on tape yet, like from videos, but – um, from what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing from reporting is uh, that he's doing a very good job as well. Like those three guys should be on the field 90% of the time. Like you should be running, you should be running 13 personnel with those three guys on the field a lot this season. Yeah, I agree. Yep. And, and I mean, the biggest thing for all of those three guys is that it's not new. Like they've, like if, if you want to see what they're, what they're able to do, I mean, there's plenty of tape that, that solidifies that. So really, it's all about how will they gel together um, as a three-guy core. Yep. Um, well, so you got great. So let's talk about the two injuries you brought up. So mm-hmm. John Hightower went down. Do we have an update on John Hightower? Uh, he, he came back later in practice uh, to participate in, in team drills, so it, does, it doesn't sound too serious. Okay. I think it was like a muscle. No, wait, he collided with someone across, uh, across the middle, so probably had the air taken out of him. But he, he returned to practice later the same day. Okay, good to hear. Grant Calcaterra, the rookie tight end, also got hurt. So apparently from what I've heard and read that it sounds like a hamstring or some sort of soft tissue leg injury. Again, I'm no doctor, but those injuries can – those aren't season enders. Like I don't think it's something crazy to worry about. We'll, we'll obviously hear more on the next couple of days, but that would be a bummer if he's out a long period of time because apparently he's looked really, really good. Okay, apparently him and Gardner Minshew have a great connection. And yeah. this is a guy that I said on this draft show that it, um, when, when they drafted him, I believe me and you were talking about this, this is a guy that has a chance to contribute right away in the passing game. Because if you look at the depth on this roster at the tight end position, 
Jack Stoll is the second tight end, but Jack Stoll is a, a, basically a blocker. He's kind of taken over the old, like the end of Brent Selleck's career in this offense, if that makes sense, where he's strictly becoming a blocker. He had only four targets last year, but he played a lot of snaps. So Jack Stoll is not going to be productive in the passing game. So if they need someone else besides Dallas Goddard to be productive in the passing game, Grant, Cal- Grant Calcaterra is their guy. And it, it's good to hear that he's uh, off to a good start. Yeah, and he, he was that receiving thread. So, so that that is what they're going to need of him. And he's been working the seam a lot with uh, with um, with Minshew. So, yeah, hopefully it's not something that is going to take away too many practice reps for him because he's going to need that to beat out all the, like, to beat out the, the, the Tyrese and even the Othega White sides of the world. Okay, so that's on the pass catchers. Um, I want to talk about the offensive line rotation because mm-hmm. I'm a little bummed out. So, again, I brought I did three training camp predictions. One, Jalen Ranger not going to make the team. Two, Kenneth Gainwell will take over Miles Sanders at RB1. The third was uh, Jack or Jack Driscoll will beat out Isaac Samalu for the right guard job. That's not going to happen. So that one's I'm already hoping for one there. So Nick Sirianni, if you haven't heard, the first day, I believe, like I sent that tweet out, and then an hour later, Nick Sirianni has his press conference, and he said that Isaac Sam, there's no competition at right guard. Isaac Samalu is their guy. Um, yeah. What do you think of this? Um, it it makes sense. Um, he's a pro. He's been with the, like he's been with the with the other guys a long time, and I think the respect that I, that Kelsey and Lane have for Isaac is is through the roof. They've been they've spoken on it a lot of times. And I, before Isaac was injured, I mean he played he played top shelf football. Um, he was really really good. Uh, so if he can return to that level again, um, then of course he should be the starter. But also I think the margin for error for him is is, is slim. Um, like if he if he starts having injuries that are knocking again, or his play just isn't up to speed of what it's of what it's been uh, in prior years, then we know that that there is a Jack Driscoll uh, right behind him who played quality football uh, and can replace him. We've seen before, like Nate Herbig, of course, not as well known on the offensive line, but he was playing kind of well, but he wasn't doing good in practice, and then he got pulled uh, for even like Suo Peta uh, for for stretches uh, a few years back. So. We know that that uh, Stoutland is is kind of kind of strict in that regard. If you had to take a guess, who has started more games for the Eagles at offensive line over the last two years, Jack Driscoll or Isaac Samuel? Who would you predict? Who would you say? Um, Isaac's been very injured. So Jack Driscoll years. started thirteen games over the last two years for the mm-hmm. Eagles. He's also Isaac been Samuel, starting multiple positions. Yeah, so. Isaac Samuel has started twelve. I, I um I think it's fine to, to to give Isaac the starter job if you want to build his confidence. I would have just liked to see some competition at that spot. Like I, I don't I don't really see how Isaac has fully taken this job and he he's been he's kind of been handed to it on a platter here. I don't know. I, I would have yeah, liked. But to honestly, see I think it's I think it's kind of I think it's kind of uh, uh like emotional intelligence. We like to talk about that a lot with Doug yeah. Peterson as well. I think it's more like the same with Miles Sanders, like. You're you're putting in Kenneth Gainwell as an RB one in practice, and then the day after you said Miles is the starter, like he, he's our guy. Yeah, yeah, he is, but but your actions are just not saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if we're starting to see a decline in Miles' play, then then they have a, I mean, they've been preparing for a situation to put in a Kenneth Gainwell. Yeah. I think it, maybe it's kind of the same thing with Isaac Samalo. Like he gets back from injury, they want to say this is your job to lose. He's the starter, but if he doesn't play well, I mean. There's no guarantees moving forward. Okay. Um, Jack Anderson was the backup center, um, the first practice. So he was the second team center. I thought that was kind of interesting. 
Um, so I think any other questions on the offensive line? How many do you, how many offensive linemen do you think they take? I think they go heavy offensive line. Yeah, I think they take ten. Yeah, I think uh, ten was ten was in my mind as well. Yeah. Nine or ten. Watch out for a Coyote Awasika to, to get him. Yeah, they were ball. big on him last yeah, year. Yeah, well. they like him, and apparently he's looked good in camp so far. It's a, it's a guy to keep an eye on. Okay, we got a couple minutes. Any any other ones you want to touch on? Linebackers, we should take linebackers. Uh, we should we, yeah. we should uh, just so touch you, on so, that real quick. So you had a tweet um, today about how TJ Edwards has looked the best so far of all linebackers. Um, surprised to you? What do you what do you no, mean? No, not, not not at all surprised. I mean, there's a reason they they extended him. Um, throughout this year because he's just been I mean he's been continuing to develop and he's one of the few linebackers on the team for the last couple of years that has actually been improving since he got here um and he was uh he was the best linebacker last season as well they bring in a Kaiser White who has to find his ground with a new team in the Eagles system it's no given that he is uh that he is fit exactly for the Eagles system and he has to find his footing there Nicobe Dean, obviously extremely talented, but is also coming from the college to the NFL. So I, I still believe Nicobe Dean is going to get significant playing time and, and be a, a big factor in the defense. But, I mean, TJ Edwards is right now the anchor of the defense because he is the one who has been there and who has been showing out the most and has been the most productive guy. And I think it's very notable, like uh, Jimmy Kemsky noted in his article that I'm referring to, that they're in, uh, they're in shorts and shells. Uh, not fully padded practices, and we all know from from TJ Edwards' style of play that he is an extremely physical guy. Who, uh, I mean, his he is he, in his comfort comfort zone when he when it's physical and it's it's with pads. Uh, and so for him to to be always like be around the ball and, and be a big factor in breaking up passes in, in shorts and shells, where it's really uh, a favor to the offense, I think that's very promising. Yep. Um, well said. The Eagles linebacker core, I was uh, surprised to see all the ages of these guys. I was kind of just peeking at the depth chart and like they're really young. Like you got TJ Edwards is 26, Kaiser White is 25, um, Nicobe Dean's 21, Davion Taylor is 23. That's another name I want to throw to 21. Davion. Yeah, Davion 21. <laughs> Davion Taylor apparently has looked pretty good um, in camp so far as well. Yeah. So the, the, the thing about linebackers in training camp, it's a hard position to kind of yeah. take a grasp of how good they're doing because they're not tackling, right? So that's, right. that's the it's main also, thing linebackers have to do. So Also, like an underrated thing of playing linebacker is the the clear differentiation between run pass and how your like yeah. identification of keys it's, in terms of the run pass game is yeah. massive difference. So if, you, if you know, like if it's pass skelly, it's easy to play linebacker because you have a – you have a quick snap drop to your to your zone or to your land to your landmarks, but then when you start going against a heavy run team or a heavy play action team, then everything just switches and you can you get caught off guard, and that's when you have to rely on athletic ability as well to kind of compensate for that. So, yeah, tough to tough to judge too much on 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 um, training camp. Yeah, well said. Like it's instincts, right? Like linebacker strictly exactly. It's it's very hard for uh, very hard for you to kind of get a judge on that. Um, Okay, anything else, Thomas, you want to throw out there quickly before we get out of here? I think uh, safety position, I think you brought up uh, really nicely that Anthony Harris and Jacuzzi Tart are by no means locks to start on the team. And also, if uh, an unlikely but yet uh, realistic scenario that the young guys were to completely ball out and you're lacking a roster spot that either of them do, does not make the team, probably one of them will or I think it's pretty guaranteed to say that one of them will. And so what we've seen for right now is that uh, Andre uh, Chassere, what we say it was. Chassere. Uh, Chassere. Um, I've, um, I've, I've been practicing <laughs> for the last couple of days. I think it's a good, it's a good name to practice because he, yeah. he's been making plays and back-to-back-to-back yeah. to back to back practices. Same with Marcus Epps. Apparently Marcus Epps as well, oh, yeah. doing really well. 
Um, um, Anthony Harris uh, has been, uh, he's had like a little bit of a nagging injury going into camp, or has it been like yep. also some kind of illness? Uh, so he hasn't been, been practicing uh, immediately. Unfortunately, Quan Wallace sounds like he's been having a rough stretch of practices, but he I mean, not make Andre. That's a, that's a name to keep an eye on that might get cut. Yeah, exactly. But Andre and Marcus really showing up uh, and, and getting those first team reps is, is big, and it, it goes it it bodes well into what you said. So that's that. It's a position we'll we'll keep on um, monitoring. All right, we got to get out of here. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Really appreciate it. Thomas and I will be back probably maybe Tuesday, Wednesday this week. We'll take a look at the schedule. Yeah. We'll take a look at the schedule and we'll be back. Um, again, thank you so much for tuning in. Please like, subscribe, comment, anything you can do to help out the show. And we'll talk to you later.